0: Hey, what's going on everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my regular crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the thirty eighth edition of the Don't Kill the Messages Podcast. First thing I'm about to get into is some NCAA football. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this week's rankings?
1: Uh just more <laughs> like you just unpredictability in this. Like uh we're not gonna know really how these teams all should be slotted until we're about to the end of the year. Seems like every week we're getting some blowout between two ranked teams and it's just causing an influx in the rankings where you don't know who's good and who's bad yet.
2: Yeah, you know, completely agree. Just I think one thing is for sure and I think it's that Louisville along with Alabama are the real deal. Yeah. Um, I think anybody who watched the Louisville Florida State game knows that Lamar Jackson is a stud and is clearly the front runner for Heisman. Uh he's the guy to beat at this point and he does not look like he's slowing down. So Louisville jumping from ten to two uh two or re- three uh Uh, three in the
1: uh, ap three
2: four in the coaches okay yeah Yeah. three three in the ap um so them jumping from 10 to three i think is more than deserving when you beat a top three opponent as bad as they did you you deserve to slide in uh especially from being at number 10 Uh, but other than that it's still the The rankings as a whole, still playing themselves out. Still a lot of good games still to be played. Uh, a few teams kind of already out of it. We're looking at Oklahoma, most likely out of it. Um, a team like Ole Miss, most likely out of it. Just, just some teams that
1: already have... need that most likely qualifier. Y- what? I said I don't even think you need to say most likely. Yeah, I
2: mean... <laughs> Last year, no team with two loss got into the playoff. Uh, I don't yeah. see a two-loss team getting in this year unless some teams fall apart. Yeah. So, and they have yeah, a lot of teams falling apart, too. Yeah. yeah I mean, especially when you have, uh, well, L- Louisville and Houston still play each other this year. That's going to be a pretty pretty big-time matchup, but I think... Uh, I can't wait for that. I, gonna th- I think that's going to be a good game. Yeah. Uh, both, both teams have the ability for an explosive offense, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. That, that'll that kind of be a great late, later in the season matchup that kind of plays a, a big part in the playoff picture, um, but in, in terms of the rankings as a whole, I think they're fair. I think Michigan State had a nice jump from beating Notre Dame last week. Uh, I think they deserve that. Notre Dame being another team that's definitely out of it, considering they don't have a conference championship or anything. So I think
0: as a whole, the the rankings are good. Yeah. Well, just uh, i asked ask you guys a question in a second, but, uh, you know, Ty, you brought up Ole Miss. Uh, for me, you know, if there was any team in the NCAA that could hit a restart button, I think it would be them. Um, mm-hmm. Ole Miss has had moments, you know, in their games where if you were to look at them, uh you could argue just based on some of their moments that they're the best top college team in football uh when Chad Kelly and those guys on the roll and that defense uh steps up, that team looked like they were just unbeatable, but for some reason, you know they'll have like a nice fifteen twenty minutes going, and then they'll just break down and collapse had a great lead on um Florida State first game of the season. Uh, thought the game was over around halftime and then they just choked it away. Looked impressive about playing against Alabama, um, last week. They were playing great and, you know, let a, uh, special teams punt return get to them. And then Alabama started to pick up, pick up some steam and they ended up getting a win. Like that's just a team, like, you know, like I said, if you were to just look at some of the moments, like you could, uh, some of the Spurs, when they get going, like, the team just looks unstoppable. This team could have potentially – we're talking about Alabama being a number one, but this team, if they would have just stayed focused a little bit more, we could have possibly been talking about them being number one in football this week. They definitely had their opportunities, but they just mm-hmm. – for some reason, I don't know why, but they just gave the uh, leads away in two big games for them this year. So, you know, like I said, if they could have hit a restart button, they definitely – would do it because, man, some of the losses that they had just so far we're coming into the fourth week of the season is just absolutely tough for them, man. Because they, they could have done something really special this year, but they just gave the games away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of that comes down to, I, I don't think the coaching staff has a team mentally prepared as they should be coming yeah. into games. Uh, they play loose. They have a Intense style of play, which works for them to get out the big leads, but they don't close. And you know that's <laughs> that's a big part of the game. You got to close teams out. I mean, Just because you, you show you can get a twenty-plus point lead on somebody, I mean, I I don't think I've ever heard of a team blowing two twenty-one point leads. Yeah, I think uh, I read a
0: uh, stat. I think it was like ninety. Um, it was like since it was in the nineties, but I think it's like since ninety-six. Um, Old Miss is the only team, like, power, uh, team to, um, blow 221 point leads in a season. And this is only, we're talking about the fourth week of football right now. Wow. That's yeah. just unbelievable for that team, man. Like, they just looked impressive. And for some reason, you know, definitely could be mentally, they just choked some games away, uh, cause they definitely had the opportunity to win
2: Yeah. But I think to credit both.
0: Florida State and
2: Alabama. Uh kinda like you alluded to Darnell, both of those coaching staffs don't know what a panic button is. Yeah. Uh you know, Jimbo Fisher uh has, you know, won won a national championship. Mm-hmm. So has Nick Saban. Those guys understand it's not over. They un they they know how to make halftime adjustments. So it's like old Miss may go into the locker room and just say, Keep it up. So they do the same exact thing they were doing, but the other team adjusts and takes advantage of it. It's almost like Ole Miss needs to go into the locker room and almost come out with a different game plan in the second half instead of the one they just tried to roll with. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: So, somehow they have to, like, get them with a mental thought that it's
2: yeah,
1: 0-0 it's zero, zero coming out of the half.
2: Or... Yeah,
0: it's, it's really cliche, but they they need something. Yeah. Now just uh Tali you brought it up um you know like Alabama and Louisville uh so far this year they've been looking like the top teams um in the country. Uh what do you guys think about Ohio State because they did have an impressive win
1: uh yeah.
0: last week against Oklahoma. Uh do you think they're up there too or do you think they oh. still need to uh see them against somebody else because you know Oklahoma they've been looking kind of iffy this year too. So no, I I would I would definitely say that
2: that was a for real win. I mean, they went on the road. That crowd was ready, but Ohio State was ready as well. Yeah. Uh, Any time you go on the road in a big out of conference game like that, I don't care if they're ranked twentieth, ranked fifteen, ranked five, or one. If you can get the win, it's the big win. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I I, tw- I Think. And the only reason I didn't put Alabama in this tweet is because I think everybody already understands Alabama's the number one. I think people understand that. So I just tweeted out, you know, I feel like and putting Alabama in there, Louisville and Ohio State as well are kind of men among boys right now. Uh, and And not only, especially Alabama and Ohio State showing consistency over the last five years. Uh, Louisville kind of having the the man-type season, uh, Lamar Jackson just being dominant right now. So it really, I think those three teams are kind of head and shoulders above the rest right now. And I think it's pretty obvious, too. Even uh, your Michigan, man? Absolutely. I All think right. Michigan still has a lot to work on. All right.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Ohio State, they... They're earning their number two ranking right now. I mean, they haven't <clears throat> they've taken care of business against everybody they play. And, you know, at, at this point of the year they'll have some bigger games coming up. They they have to go through their conference schedule. Uh sidebar. How about the Big Ten East right now? Uh but uh they they definitely are showing they deserve to be there. I mean, even though Oklahoma may not be wet projections were at the beginning of a year they are they still have a lot of talent on that team Mm -hmm. they played them in in norman and blew the doors off them like i don't know what more you can ask for them to do uh you can only play play the schedule that's set for you and i mean they've they've handled business they haven't left any game in doubt
2: yeah, you know, and even though Oklahoma at the time was ranked, I believe, 15 just because of a week one loss, uh, you know, I think a lot of people still would have said at the time, Oklahoma is still a top 10 team. Now, I think talent wise, they're a top 10 team. They're just not showing it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's still all credit to Ohio State. You, you can't say, oh, well, Oklahoma's not good. It's you're not pre-ranked number three and a top 15 team with one loss and not good i mean you're you're not a scrub team at that point so it's still just urban meyer doing what he does best and
0: ohio State is being that good right now since we're already you know talking about oklahoma um you know with this loss against Ohio State. Is it safe to say that their playoff hopes are over for 2016-2017 yeah, season? Static. Yes. I, right. I I would agree. They lost their two biggest games of the year. Could what about conference? I think the they Big still...
2: Well.
1: Uh, no, I was just gonna say I think the oh. Big 12s hopes are pretty much done. I and
2: would I not. Better. I would not disagree. Especially as I would say, as long as Stanford takes care of business, I would agree. Because I remember when we were kind of looking at our pre preseason thoughts, you know, I, I thought the Pac-12 was going to be left out again this year. Yeah. But uh, I I think as long as, um, as long as Stanford can take care of business and Christian McCaffrey stays, Christian McCaffrey, I think they can get in. But what's going to be really interesting is if the Big Twelve. And Pac twelve miss out because Houston gets in. Because if they have one loss and it's Louisville in a very close game,
0: I bet they get serious consideration. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Houston has, you know, they've been doing their thing. So, you know, like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to that Houston Louisville game. That could be a yeah. big um, statement win for them if Houston can somehow pull it off or keep it close. Yeah. Uh, people are going to yeah. be watching that game and can I agree. look at it. So, I agree. Uh, You were about to say something, Darnell?
1: Well, no, I was just saying, I, I don't, I guess Baylor still has an outside shot. They're 3-0, oh, so if they somehow run the table and look impressive, but I just don't see that happening. So I just feel like the Big 12 is probably shut out this year for sure.
2: I mean, I think we all could agree that Oklahoma was their ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: somebody else will have to do something pretty special to to take it from them. Yeah. Um, You know, like I said, you have Stanford. uh, You got three teams uh, in the Big Ten right now that could get in there. You know, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Uh, Oh, and Wisconsin, too. Uh, Both of those are some top teams in the Big Ten right now. So, it's, yeah, you know, safe to say I don't think Oklahoma's going to get it, you know, unless there's some crazy upsets and whatnot that's going to happen. You know, football, which is already, you know, there have been some crazy upsets already, but um, I think they're finished. I think you'd have to basically drop
1: a a nuke on the top 25 (laughs) for Oklahoma to get in there. Sure. Yeah. And, And and um, And
2: I, yeah, just real
0: fast. And I also
2: think it's the fact that Oklahoma hasn't exactly looked impressive.
0: Yeah, it's like you know, especially that offense will be, man. It's like they got like a good offense, it just seemed like they just stall out sometimes. Yeah,
2: I mean, it it would be one thing if they were losing by you know last second field goals, that'd yeah. be one thing, but um,
0: just they have
2: the talent, they're just not. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's not the same player he was last year, and yeah,
1: I I think they felt a lot of pressure, and it got well, to them, and it didn't help that Oklahoma's backup quarterback was writing a check that Baker Mayfield was gonna have to cash on. Yeah. yeah. Calling and Ohio State defense, defense basic and saying no, Baker is going to pick them apart, <laughs> and Ohio State gets two defensive touchdowns against him. It's like, huh? Good, good call there, buddy. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut. Yep. Especially Wait, said when that you're on you're Twitter. Not touch Twitter. No, he said that. No, on TV is- Oh wow! Okay. It was. It
0: was bold. It was bold. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Now, just uh looking at your guys' teams uh last week, uh how do you feel about their overall performance? Darnell, you guys got the big win, so you started off.
1: Well, I mean, I, I left feeling a big sense of relief. Uh I mean, like I said last week, just how they looked against Furman, I just didn't know how they were going to fix some things. They were allowing runs up the middle and, you know, all the, penalties. I thought that could be cleaned up and but I just it just didn't seem like a Spartan team that I know but it it was the team that I knew that played Notre Dame. Uh they cleaned up there there was a lot less penalties. Uh and
0: they they sh- shut down the run. They only allowed fifty seven rushing yards, so I mean yeah. About to, so what's that guy's name? Uh McDowell? Yeah. Well, that guy's a monster. Yeah. Uh, he was that guy played a huge role in that win for Michigan State, man. He was, he was getting it in.
1: He and the linebackers made life hell for Deshaun Geyser. I mean, he ended up with good numbers throwing for 344 and two TDs, but, you know, a lot of that was, uh, from State letting off the gas midway through the third quarter and, uh, allowing them to creep back in it. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, just good game. Uh, Tyler O'Connor looked, he was pretty impressive to me actually. through for two forty one had a eighty three point four QBR. Uh basically two hundred yard rushers. LJ Sky had ninety eight yards and a touchdown. Gerald Holmes basically went beast mode on him, thirteen carries for a hundred. uh and then the the emergence of the freshman receiver Donnie Corley. Uh He's, he's showing uh, what people have been saying about him all through the preseason. He, he's going to be a special receiver. That touchdown catch that he had where he basically snatched it from the corner that was covering him. Uh, State, they, they've shown that they retooled with some talent and people might have thought they were going to be falling off. I think that was a nice little statement to show we're still here. Yeah, j-
2: just a quick question for you. What... What do you think was going oh not what do you think but what was going through your mind when it's the fourth quarter Michigan State like you said kind of lets off the gas a little bit and out of nowhere it's a 8 point game like what what what's going through your mind at that point because if there's one thing I've seen Michigan State do fairly consistently it is that they let off the gas and the team kind of slides back in a little bit
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's been the Achilles heel, I mean, for a while. It's just the last couple years, they've still closed the teams out in the end. And, I mean, only thing I could say was here we go. I mean, I, I can't just have a nice, comfy game where we beat a team that I despise in Notre Dame and just feel comfortable. You have to let me get my heart rate back up, get my blood pressure up. <laughs> So, of course, I am I was back on the edge of my seat, just like, oh, gosh, now what's going on? So, I mean, I I just wish they would mm-hmm. keep pressure, keep blitzing until, I mean, if they would have let off with six, seven minutes left in the fourth instead of six, seven minutes left in the third, I would have felt a lot better. But yeah. but they went, they started playing zones and not sending pressure in the third quarter, and that was,
2: that was not a good decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz I mean I was watching as well. I think outside of the Ohio State Oklahoma game which got to a late start which allowed people to watch the first half of that Notre Dame Michigan State game. Uh it it looked like Michigan State had firm control. Yeah. Yeah, so like it, it just looked like Notre Dame couldn't do anything. They weren't moving the ball, they weren't passing it real well. Uh, I believe Notre Dame's first touchdown was actually Kaiser on a 15, 20 yard run. So, I mean, they, they, they weren't doing anything. So when Michigan state just kind of let off the gas toward the end, I was first of all thinking, why are you allowing them to just move the ball? Like that's basically what they were doing. They, they said, we have a 20, whatever point lead. And we don't care if you score once or twice. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I guess I was just a little, a little baffled because I don't know that. And yes, Tyler O'Connor played well, and, and I bet he can, you know, still do well under some pressure. But I don't think you want a full time first year starter to have to be in a position where it's like, oh, well, we just kind of blew a 21 point lead for you, so get in the game and go win it for us. Like it, I, I don't think that's a spot Michigan State wants to find themselves in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like I said, I think they put themselves in a bad spot there. I mean, they were they were controlling both sides of the game. I mean, the run game was getting you enough to put you in positions where uh, the Notre Dame defensive staff had to guess on yeah. pass or, or run on third downs, which is where you want to be. And... Yep. They, and Kaiser was honestly confused. He he yeah. didn't know what was going on with State's defense. That blitzes were coming from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Linebackers were making interceptions. Like yeah, you had what you wanted to happen, and mm-hmm. I don't know why they they pulled back on it. I mean, yeah. I I don't think you need to save anything for Wisconsin next week. So I don't think that was it. I just. I don't know if they just felt it was well in hand. If I don't know if they thought Notre Dame was conceding or what, but no No, team's going to just give up like that, especially with a talent like Kaiser.
2: Yeah, but either way, win's a win, right? I'll take it. (laughs) Absolutely. I think anybody would have taken that win at that point in the year, knowing Notre Dame's basically playing for their season. Yeah. So that's that's a go win nonetheless. Uh I right, guess. I was any you those times I, I I was
0: less than pleased.
2: <laughs> uh I'll I'll be honest, less than pleased. Colorado had a huge first quarter, twenty one points, uh couple really long passing plays, like their their starting quarterback, Lufau, uh got injured in the third quarter, I believe, and still threw for two forty six and three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I mean, Wilton Spate didn't even throw for 246 yards in four quarters. So I mean, they they were they were chewing us up deep. Now, um, I don't know if you want to put a disclaimer on it or not, but Jordan Lewis, our lockdown corner, still hasn't played a game yet. He's hoping to play this weekend against Penn State. So it will it'll be nice to get him back. Um, get some leadership out there and you know get get an all-american back so once the first quarter ended things started to settle down for michigan and especially for the defense they only let up seven points for the rest of the game uh they ended up basically knocking lufau out of the game he hurt his he hurt his foot or his ankle on uh, on a tackle and he tried to come back in and play and he actually ran a play basically limping around on the field and it was really hard to watch he shouldn't have been in for that moment i don't know who put him back in but he he could have seriously done some damage to himself but i guess in terms of michigan in in my opinion the lone bright spot well i'll say there's 2 3 and 4 for the michigan defense only letting up 7 points i think that was a a big win for them considering Colorado exploded in the first half or in the first quarter um and then just solely Jabril Peppers he he just had a great game he had uh two offensive carries for 24 yards so it was good to see him on that side of the ball um he had uh, a punt return, punt return for a touchdown yeah uh 54 yard punt return touchdown that's that's something they that Michigan really needs out of him. He has to be productive in the special teams to help out the offense. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say he kind of has to do it all, but he's kind of a do-it-all kind of guy anyway. So the fact that he can contri- contribute both defensively and uh, in the special teams really uh, really helps. Um, I believe he also had... Uh, three or four tackles for loss, and like six or seven tackles by himself. He he just had a big game. I think this game kind of is going to settle him in for the season. Uh, This was his biggest game of the year so far, and I think he's now found his groove, found his rhythm, and is going to be, you know, not saying he's going to return a punt for a touchdown every week and he's not going to make seven tackles every week, but I think he's going to find himself in the middle of some big plays more than not moving forward. So, in terms of Michigan, what I what I think they need to work on next week is the long ball. I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State tries to beat them a couple times with it. They're going to have to be ready. Uh, secondly, they still they still kind of need to get their run game going. They they still struggle in that area. They as a team they ran for 168 yards last week. That's pretty poor. So they that offense. I don't know if it's the offensive line not giving them good enough holes because it seems like if there's a hole the back doesn't find it, but when there isn't a hole, the running back kind of makes something out of nothing and it, it just seems like the the running backs and the line just aren't gelling just yet. So that that needs to get back together. And then it's gonna be interesting to see how Wilton Spate uh, comes back from a less less than good performance. He he was sixteen for thirty last week for two twenty nine and one touchdown, no interceptions. As as much as I want to say that he needs to do a lot better than that moving forward, the fact he didn't turn the ball over in a poor performance is still pretty key. Being able to control the ball, even when you're not at your best, is very crucial. Uh, and I think anybody would agree with that. Uh, just being able to protect the ball, win possession battles, just basically have the ball in your command, whether or not you're at your best, will still put you in the best position to win the game. Uh, but ultimately, um, kind of like I said a minute ago, win's a win. Uh, they're 3-0. and Still number four in the AP and uh, ready for the Big Ten opener.
1: Yeah, that one was a interesting game to see. Uh, I mean, definitely think it brought out some stuff that Michigan's gonna have to work on for themselves, because uh, they the defense stepped up. Peppers alone stepped up a lot, but they also got helped with some terrible special teams play from well, Colorado. Agree. They couldn't even punt I mean, the ball.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, one of them
1: kicked it into his own lineman. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, man. yeah. So I mean, I mean, you, you the ball bounces your way, you take what you can get. Mm-hmm. And you Get that victory how you can, but it's definitely some some stuff Michigan's gonna have to try to clear up. They tried to be creative to get some yards on the ground. You know, like Chesson got three carries, Peppers got two. Uh, But I mean, between their main two backs, Davion Smith and Ty Isaac, I mean, outside of a a long forty-two yard run for Davion Smith, they they would have been pretty much yeah, just negated. Right. So with some it, of the teams, they're going to be coming up against like Ohio State, Michigan State. Do do you guys play Wisconsin this year too?
0: I believe we do. Yeah, I think they yeah. play them next week. Uh, okay, so yeah, right. let me check real quick. Well, and, and
2: I would I would even say Iowa. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, just some Wisconsin bigger guys, some,
1: yeah. yeah some tough front sevens. That's going to put a lot, like we were saying, yep, next country. week uh, they got Michigan. Yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. Michigan. So. Yeah, so that that puts a lot on a. Like, once again, a first year starter to have to try to put a team on his back. And, you know, you like to have a decent running game to push it, push some blitzers up back.
2: Yeah. And, you know, Michigan hasn't had really a good running game since Mike Hart. They, they just haven't. And I think some of it had, I think a lot. Well, you could argue they had a good running game with Denard Robinson. Yeah, but I'm talking solely just a running back up the middle. They haven't had they, a good they run haven't running had, back play. No, since. yeah, and 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 really, and I think that's basically Lloyd Carr and the offense he implemented, where you had these other guys coming in trying to run these spreads and these just kind of offenses that were kind of short lived in college football. Um, so you know when you want the lighter, thinner, faster guy you know get your team up to the line and go you uh, you you're not building your team for a fight you know you're you're just trying to run and outrun everybody else so i mean i i just don't think michigan's really found it yet with the run game i mean even if you if you look at uh, harbaugh's time at stanford it was around what andrew luck can do for you it wasn't around all right let's get a really good Big burly running back, and I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think that's how Harbaugh wants the team to be. I think he'd rather it be relied on the shoulders of a quarterback than the legs of a running back. But to each their own, I guess. Everybody has something that works. So um, I guess we'll see what they do to try and fix it this weekend against Penn State.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, this guy's been uh, headlining the NCAA a lot with his play this year. Uh, Just what are you guys' thoughts on the formula? Lamar Jackson. He's ridiculous. Got that. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, did, go ahead. Yeah, did you guys see that picture I sent you? I believe it was yeah, the day. Uh, it's, numbers. Yeah, in terms of the Heisman watch. If you look at Lamar Jackson's numbers compared to everybody else, he's blowing them out of the water. He has 18 total touchdowns, 913 passing yards and 464 receiving yards through three weeks. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Like the, they have him ranked number one and number two is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, um, four total touchdowns, 106 receiving yards and 298 rushing yards, and third is J.T. Barrett, 13 total touchdowns, 650 yards, and 159 rushing yards. Granted, I would flip J.T. Barrett and Christian McCaffrey, so even if you just compare the, two quarter, the top two quarterbacks on this list, Lamar Jackson has almost 300 more passing yards and over 300 more rushing yards. Yeah. I, I think that says enough about what he's doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The kid had five touchdowns last week.
2: Against the number two team, yeah, just <laughs> yeah, take them apart. Who does that?
1: Yeah, threw for two sixteen, ran for one forty six. I mean, kid is amazing right now, and he's he's a he's a good thrower of the football. Like it's not it's not one of those situations where you're so scared of him running that basically some little short pass is always open where. They can scamper for some yards. He can actually scan the field and and fling it. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, this is like this is a good quarterback that can also kill you with his legs. It's not a quarterback whose legs opens up the field for him to throw it. Like this is this is some kind of talent. And and re- real quick before you go,
2: Trey, I need to take back an earlier statement. I said I, I said he needs to play well against Houston there in two weeks. They play Clemson. That's going to be another big game. That's at Clemson. That's going to be a huge game. That place is going to be loud. That place is going to be rocking. It's an eight o'clock game. Uh, That's going to really that Clemson game is going to tell if Florida State was for real or not. If if that Florida State game was Lamar Jackson or if that was just a once in a lifetime performance, Clemson will be able to show that for us. And then later in the season, as long as Houston is still unblemished
0: that's that's his time to really have a Heisman moment so you know what's one reason like why I picked Louisville over Florida State last uh last week was you know Chad Kelly he was having a pretty good game against him against uh Florida State until you know we saw bad Kelly uh this guy you know he has an arm but another thing Florida State had to worry about was his legs too Mm -hmm. so if you know if Receivers weren't playing up like to par or anything like that. This guy could still just take off and then burn him for some yards, mm-hmm. which he did. So I just think that uh, just him alone was a little bit too much for that Florida State defense, and mm-hmm. he showed it. Um, I just know – there's another thing, too. Uh, My man Michael Vick, uh, you know, he tweeted that, you know, during this time, uh, you know, he's five times a better player than uh, he was. I don't know about five times, but, you know – this guy's absolutely amazing. Um, don't think he wasn't expl- explosive as a runner, as Vic. Um, but, you know, he still has some legs on him. But one thing that made him a better player than Vic was that arm is. I mean, that guy's just accurate, and he just just can throw it downfield and everything. Like, this guy just picks people apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you like like you said, you brought it up with Clemson. You know, he plays Houston. Uh, I cannot wait to see what he's going to be able to do against those teams. Uh, this guy mm-hmm. just... Absolutely entertaining to watch, with him, with his play and everything. He's amazing. Um, anything else on Lamar Jackson, guys?
1: Just hopefully he keeps it up. This could be a special yeah. season.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what year is he? Uh, I believe he's a sophomore. Soft- no, no, I believe he's a junior. Okay, so that'll yeah. be our last time seeing him. So, uh, what game are you guys excited for this week?
1: I mean, it's, it's homerific for me, but uh, Dayton, <laughs> Wisconsin.
2: Yeah. Uh, and Lamar Jackson's a sophomore, by the way. I will say sophomore,
1: okay. a sophomore. I thought, I thought it was a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I'm looking to see that it has all the makings for an ugly game that most people aren't going to like watching. It's going to be one of those in the trenches who can – Whose running game can overcome? Uh, but I'm looking forward to see it. I want to see if Wisconsin's more like the team that beat LSU or the team that barely beat, uh, Georgia sure. State. Uh, and, you know, they looks like they've made a, a quarterback transition themselves. They're going with a young, uh, I think a freshman quarterback. So looking to see, uh, if, They can, if state can dial up some blitzes and confuse him, and continue on that uh, head-to-head collision with Michigan, see if both teams can make it to each other undefeated. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, and I think college football wants that right now. I think that that'd be really good for college football if they play each other undefeated. I think that'd be great. You know, I, but, but I agree. I think that's going to be a great game. That game is going to be a game in the trenches for sure. Um, both teams, offense and defense, both have solid front lines and both teams like to win the game there too. Uh, which is going to make, like you said, it has the, one of those ugly, not so fun to watch games unless you have a rooting interest. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think that's going to be a good one. Another game I'm, it's it, it's kind of an odd pick, but when we were talking about our our preseason show, you know, I I said Arizona likes to play spoiler, and they they play Washington this weekend. It's a ten thirty late game, so nothing else is going to be on. I'll I'll turn that on. The game is uh, let me see where the game's at real fast. I believe it's at Arizona. Yeah, it's at Arizona. So I mean this could be a really good upset for Rich Rod and those Arizona Wildcats. Uh, I would actually pick them on the upset here as well. You still wishing your boy Rich Rod good, man? (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, let's be really, screwed us over, but I never wish anybody poorly. I mean, the thing is, you know, I'm not not really superstitious. Uh, You know, whatever about karma, it doesn't really matter, but don't wish anybody poor, man. I hear you.
0: So you Fair got them for the upset. I, I,
2: I, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll take Arizona on the upset this weekend. All right. I, I think that'll, but I think that'll be an entertaining game, uh, a, a sneaky matchup for sure. But anybody that knows anything about Arizona, it's they like to win a big one. Yeah. So, so I, I think that'll be a sneaky fun one to watch this weekend.
1: That Might we be 150 points scored.
0: <laughs> yeah, got <laughs> that right. For sure. All right, guys, you ready for the pick 'ems? <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I guess. I'm okay. more
1: ready for this part. Just when we get <laughs> to the NFL. That's when it's terrible.
0: Oh yeah. So the NCAA we're all doing pretty good. You know, we're five for eight. Uh each one of them retired right now. So uh we'll have to see if we're gonna be tied next week or who's gonna come out number one next week, uh, due to this this week's game. So Let's get ready to get it started. Uh, First game we're going to pick is Stanford versus UCLA. Stanford, they have a uh, minus three for the uh, point spread. I'm going to make this quick
2: and simple. Christian McCaffrey, give me the Cardinal.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling that way, too. Uh, uh, Nobody's figured out that Rubik's Cube yet, so uh, I'll roll with it until they can figure it out. And I uh, trust Stanford's defense more.
0: All right, yeah, I'm going with uh, Christian McCaffrey too, man. The dude's a beast. Uh, like I said, dude can do everything, man. Catch, run, uh, might see him on defense this game. You know, never know, man. They they just got him doing everything possibly can do to win the game, man. So I, I'm going. I'm going with McCaffrey. Uh, what score do you guys have? Oh, I'll go. I don't see. I don't see this being crazy
2: scoring. Very. Pretty modest game. I'm going to go 30,
1: 30 to 18. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be closer still, but I'm just going with Stanford. I'm going to go 27, 24, Stanford.
0: All right, I'm going to go 24, 20, Stanford. And up next we have Arkansas versus Texas AM. Uh A and M they have a minus five and a half uh point for uh lead from spread.
2: Yeah, you know, kind of talking about another kind of sneaky matchup. Both these teams are in the top twenty. Yeah. Um, so I mean catch catch caught me off guard when I when I looked up the matchup here, but uh you know, I I think Texas A and M just has more ability to score the ball. Uh so I'm going to go with Texas A&M. Gig'em.
1: I'm going to go with the underdog on this one. Uh, right. Trevor Knight, he, he's been decent this year, uh, former Oklahoma quarterback. But Arkansas, they they can play them some defense out there. B. Mm-hmm. does have a a good de- skin, defensive scheme. They cause us some trouble. So I'm thinking this might be that first upset where it rears its head and uh, Arkansas sneaks out with a 28-24 win.
0: Okay. Uh, I have A&M on this one. I think they just have a little bit more talent, uh, b- better players um, overall than Arkansas. Uh, you know, but then again, you know, this could be a good chance for Arkansas to show themselves, uh, you know, with the QB and everything, so – uh, i'm still gonna go with texas a and m though i got them winning twenty seven to twenty uh for texas a and m yeah since i forgot to give a score uh a and
2: m twenty seven arkansas
0: seventeen all right um then we have florida versus Tennessee. uh Tennessee has a minus six and a half point uh lead for spread
1: Can can the Vols finally beat Florida? They've lost to them twelve straight times. Yeah, (laughs) 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 that's yeah. Knowing that history is is hard, but I am gonna pick the Vols. Uh, I'm not sure if they win by a touchdown, Uh, so. It's, I think this is going to be a, a low-scoring, lower-scoring affair, so I'm going to go at Tennessee 21-17. All
2: yeah, right. I'm I'm going to go Rocky Top on this one. Give me the Volunteers. Uh, the 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 score I think's the hard the hard part here. If you because you don't really know what you're going to get, you kind of have the two half. Tennessee team I mean like they they looked very average in the first half against Virginia Tech then in the second half they kind of got it together and scored some points so I'll go a little higher than than what you were you were thinking Darnell uh, I will go 30 31
0: 24 all right yeah, I think Tennessee is going to end up uh, breaking this horrible streak um, they have against Florida. I do think this is going to be an ugly game, though no, I expect some turnovers, just bad plays um, overall. But uh, I do believe Tennessee is going to get the win on this one. So I'm going to go Tennessee 20 uh, 14. And side note, I
1: hope Tennessee can do it, especially
0: since Florida's starting quarterback is probably going to be out. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so up next we have Georgia versus Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, they have a minus seven uh, lead for the spread. Yeah, I rolled with Georgia once, and it worked out well. I'm going to roll with them
2: again, taking the Bulldogs. Ooh, let's go. I They're going to have to score some points, though. Ole Miss likes to score some points. So I'm going to go 35-31, Georgia. All right.
1: Uh I I'll, I'll be terrified if Ole Miss jumps out to a big lead early <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with the
0: rebels uh believe they're at home uh so um y- let me just check to make sure uh yeah they're at home yep okay so
1: thinking the comfortable confines uh Chad Kelly will I mean, I thought he played well last week. Overall, I don't put I don't put the loss to Alabama on him. Uh, I think he will play consistently again against Georgia. They're not quite there yet. They they're building something, but I still think they're probably a little higher ranked than what their talent actually is. So, I'm gonna go with Ole Miss to win this one, 34 to.
0: Twenty eight. All Um First of all, I got to apologize on man Kirby Smart going to go with Ole Miss. I do like him. I do like what he's doing with Georgia. It's just hard for me to honestly see Ole Miss going one and three uh, just four weeks into the season. You know, like I said, I believe, you know, if you were to look at this team with some of the Spurs that they had, you could argue that, you know, they're the top team in uh, college football. They just been choking games away. Uh I think Chad Kelly and them guys are gonna come out there and just uh play pretty good uh against this Georgia team. Like I said, Georgia they've been getting wins, but they've been having uh some close games this year. Um so like I said, I like what Kirby Smart's doing. I just, you know, think that they still need to build and uh just get better. Uh so I'm gonna go with Mississippi uh Ole Miss uh thirty five to twenty on this one. Put that down. And last but not least, we got Wisconsin versus Michigan State. What do you guys got?
2: Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm going to take the Spartans this week. All right. 27 to 17.
1: All right. Spread on this one is State by six.
0: Well, I got five and a half. Yes. Oh
1: okay. Okay, yeah. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm rolling with the the Spartans as well on this one. Uh I think I think State just has the edge in a couple areas. Quarterback play, uh I think our defense will be a little bit better. I think all that is enough to bring that victory uh for the green and white. So I'm gonna go with State uh twenty
0: seven twenty. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, Wisconsin on this one. Um, Shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Considering in in our uh, weekly emails, MS who? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm gonna go uh, with Wisconsin on this one. Uh, you know, been a little you know iffy this year. You know, who are we gonna get? Denver, Georgia State, or LSU? I think we're gonna get the LSU Wisconsin. Uh, the key thing that kind of set me off with Michigan State, um, you know, like I said, even though Wisconsin didn't play well last, uh, week, the, you know, having like a six point lead, uh, win against, uh, Georgia State, uh, kind of nervous about Michigan State, how they started to unravel a little bit in that second half. So, uh, but my key thing is I'm going to be looking at McDowell and, uh, those linebackers from Michigan State. Um, those guys, uh, based on their play, uh, they're gonna, uh, really have a huge effect on a Michigan state can win this. So if those guys can play good, I uh, definitely see Michigan state win this, but I think Wisconsin's gonna get the, uh, win over state. Um, this was kind of nervous a little bit about how they, how they played in that second half with Notre Dame last week. So, gonna go with Wisconsin.
1: What's your score on this one, Chief?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I got Wisconsin. <laughs> um, like I said, it's gonna be a trench uh game's gonna be played in the trench, it's gonna be pretty ugly. So I have Wisconsin twenty four, uh Michigan State seventeen. Gotta win
1: a touchdown. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. So we'll see, man. This is uh this is gonna be a good game to watch for sure. I'm definitely gonna be checking it out. Mm-hmm. What what time? If that's noon, Gamer. Right? That's, yeah, uh, yeah. 12 o'clock, yeah. So I got to get up early, man. <laughs> early. <laughs> get a job. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Um, any other, uh, thoughts on, you know, just college football before we move on to the NFL? It's the best time of the year. Exactly. Uh, you have anything, Darnell?
1: Nope.
0: All right. Um, Okay, up next, uh, just start off with our NFL talk. Just how do you guys feel about your overall team's performance uh, last week?
1: Talk about them Lions, Zach.
0: Oh, man.
2: (laughs) I hate talking about the Lions after a week like this because it makes me shake my head and just say, (laughs) these are the same old Lions finding a way to lose. I mean, granted, they didn't play well. Uh, They only scored, what, 16 points?
0: Let me double-check that. Uh, Here, I'll check. Yeah, no, they scored 15 points. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, I thought it was a C score.
2: So, I mean, you're you're looking at a team that basically lit up, granted, a depleted Colts defense. But still, Stafford looked really good. Uh, Week 1, the run game looked good week 1. Week 2... Not so much So the the biggest takeaway for me Was Detroit hurt themselves with penalties I think they had more penalty yards Than rushing yards Uh, It's never a good day when that happens So I I, You could say this is where they lost it But there was a possession where they scored Two touchdowns but they were both called back Due to a penalty Uh, You you can't do that and expect to win You, You can't hurt yourself uh, and and I would say Detroit hurt or Detroit beat themselves this week as opposed to Tennessee coming in and winning the game. Now, granted, they did what they needed to do and outscored Detroit, but I think Detroit still could have very easily won that game. Uh, they just need to clean up the penalties, clean up the penalties, and just continue to be efficient on offense. If you can do that, you'll you'll win more games than not. So, uh, was a little disappointed in them this week, but. I also understand that really, if you want a realistic shot at the playoffs, you need at least nine wins. Uh, Ten's a little more comfortable, Uh, but uh, they could still easily do that moving forward. So I'm not too upset by the loss, but this is one we could have had and could have been 2-0. So a lot of season left. Uh, Probably the biggest... Takeaway from this game was the fact that Amir Abdullah got placed on IR. Uh, So he's done for this done for the season, most likely. Um, He I believe they put him on that that new short term IR where he has to be out at least eight weeks. So there's a chance, but I'll be honest, I don't think those chances are going to be pretty good. So I I think he'll be done for the year. Uh, Had a really good week one, which hurts Uh, but, uh, now it's Theo Riddick's job and he's looked pretty solid so far. If, uh, he's available in your PPR fantasy football league, I would suggest you pick him up now. So, uh, you know, I, I have faith in Theo Riddick. He looked really good week one, so he, he's shown he can do it. Uh, he just needs to be ready for the full-time job now. So, um, next week the lines are at Green Bay. Don't know if I like their chances there, but they did sneak a win out there last year for the first time since 93, so let's start a new streak. (laughs) Uh, Don't know if I'll pick the Lions, though, but, uh, yeah, it it would be a big win if they could pull it off next week. Uh, Division foe, uh, a place they rarely win. Uh, Just hopefully it's not snowing already.
1: Yeah, I mean, that one was a rough one. Uh, We got more of the, the Stafford. I'm... I'm used to. Yeah. A game, barely over 50% passing, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, yeah, big loss for uh, losing a doula. Uh, I mean, the rushing game wasn't exactly great last week. So, I mean, I, it's going to be something for the Lions to recover on, and it's probably not the best knowing that you see Green Bay next week. Yeah. and And
2: kind of to your point of – the Stafford you're used to seeing even the touchdown he threw was in the like triple coverage yeah he just got lucky that he threw it just outside the defender and anquan bolden just so happened to know what he was doing <laughs> you know it was it, it was really just kind of a what are you doing Stafford? no oh 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 okay okay, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. yeah it was it's like dude you're not throwing it to calvin johnson anymore yeah. <laughs> but but yeah
1: yeah, as far as my squad, uh, they got a much needed victory. Division uh, win. Yep. Division win over, over the, the skins or, uh, Washington as, as I try to call them. Uh, but yeah, uh, they played decent. I mean, it wasn't anything special because I don't think Washington's very good either. Uh, we're starting to get, uh, Kirk Cousins of, of old where he's not going to be a a, team, a player that wins it for you uh, or loses it for you uh but uh our the youngsters on the Cowboys team they seem to be picking it up Dak Prescott played pretty well through for 292 uh no touchdowns through the air uh but he's found some connections with a couple of the receivers uh him and Dez connected 7 times for 102 yards Cole Beasley's becoming a little bit of a security blanket for him. Uh, five catches for 75. And then Ezekiel Elliott, solid game. 20 carries for 80 yards and touchdown. Uh Caught a couple passes, but nothing for any real yardage. But overall, good game. Uh, I'm glad to take the win. And hopefully they can keep it going next week.
0: All righty. Uh... Baltimore Ravens. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> played Cleveland last week. Um, to start this off, I was saying there's no way in hell that the Baltimore Ravens defense should have let Cleveland get 20 points on them in the first quarter. Uh, first one was a 31-yard touchdown. Then they let the Cleveland's running back rush for 85 yards for a touchdown on them. Uh, so, yeah, that was not good at all. Uh they did start to pick it up after the first quarter. Um I do they Flacco he threw to um Wallace uh for two touchdowns to help them uh get close uh to get ready to win the game. Um still, you know, I was talking last week about Flacco with the whole inconsistencies. Uh you know, I would have liked to see the Ravens hand the ball a little bit uh more to their running backs um in this game. Flacco threw twenty five through forty five uh for three hundred and two yards, uh two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh would like to see uh, them run the ball, give the ball to the running backs a little bit more so they could help uh take the load off Flacco and so he just wouldn't throw it that much, wouldn't have such a bad throwing percentage. Um but you know what? A win's a win. Uh do gotta give a shout out to my man Steve Smith. Uh he broke the fourteen thousand yard mark uh for his career, uh especially for a small I- less with like bigger size or anything like that but uh he's a guy that works hard plays with heart so it's good for him to see him get into uh top 10 all-time receiving yards. so uh congratulations to him but Ravens y'all better pick that up next week man because that was a pretty bad performance um overall uh Cleveland I do understand uh with the um Terrell Pryor uh taunting penalty out I think the referees made a call. terrible <laughs> call there. Absolutely. That could have uh, played a huge uh, role for them, costing the game mm-hmm. right there. But that was a bad call. But you know what? We got a win, so I'm not about to, you know, it's just good that we didn't get one. Uh, Brown. So, win's a win, I'll take it. But they definitely need to pick it up. Uh, <laughs> don't want to see that again, ever. So, <laughs> Yeah. that I was mean, bad.
1: The Browns are
0: just cursed. I mean, <laughs>
1: They have that penalty called on them. They lose a second quarterback. And yeah. now today, they lose their best receiver, Ricky Corey Coleman, with a broken hand. Yeah. Like, when it rains, it pours. Sorry, Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, you, you got an NBA championship. Be happy. Yeah. But, hey, here's
2: what I always say. Yeah. Here, here's what I always say about Cleveland. What city's lake catches on fire? Only Cleveland.
0: <laughs> Only
2: Cleveland. True, man. That's bad. <laughs> Dude, you their
0: water catches on fire. Yeah. That's bad. True, man. That's they'll get it together. You know, fifty years from now, hopefully. Yeah, it'll take another fifty yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, we're about to get back to uh, Darnell's Cowboys real quick, man. Uh, started off with shoot Darnell. How do you feel about Dak, and uh, you know, see the future for the Cowboys?
1: Oh, most definitely he seems to be the future uh could possibly be a pretty immediate future. Yeah. He he seems to be picking up the offense well. He's pretty poised for a rookie, especially one drafted so late. Uh you, you wouldn't expect him to be doing as well as he is. Uh so looks like Jerry Jones got himself a steal and might be an easy transition uh from Romo to him uh, I know they're saying Romo's recovery is going better than expected he might be back sooner And Prescott's toeing the line saying it's still Romo's team he just wants to keep him in striking distance from making the playoffs which he's doing so I mean you really can't say a bad thing about the kid he, he's playing well he's saying the right things not, not trying to cause a controversy there uh, even though I think if he keeps it up and they keep winning games by the time Romo's back, no matter what he says, we might have a controversy. So, I mean, you, you, you don't want to have somebody lose their job to injury, but I mean, history shown has shown it's happened. If it wasn't for an injury, uh, we would have no Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Sometimes that stuff just leads way to what you got to do.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I would agree and to to your question though, is he the future? I think right now all that matters that he, is that he's the present. Yeah. Like he's what they have right now. And like Darnell alluded to, you know, he's he's not doing anything spectacular, but he's doing enough. Yeah. Uh I, I think this past week was more of a representation of who Dak Prescott is than we've won. Um, I think Prescott made some good throws. He he was making better. He was making a lot better throws week two than he did week one, and he was making just more comfortable decisions week two. Uh, it was kind of like that first week was just to get him going. Week, get him used to it. It's the NFL. It's a different game, uh, but I think week two was just simply a better representation of who he is. So I, I think in terms of your question. You know, is he the future? Yeah, why not? I mean, why would you want to trade for somebody that's getting the experience now that you're already investing in? Yeah. Uh, I think Prescott has the arm for the NFL. I think he has the legs for the NFL. He, I think he could potentially be a poor man's Cam Newton. Won't put up the numbers, but can do a a lot of similar things. Um, I, same big body can take a hit. Hopefully he doesn't take too many headshots like Cam has, but yeah. Um, you know, I I, I think just being a if he can be a poor man's Cam Newton for his career, he'll do fairly well for himself.
0: Alright, just uh Darnell, uh just with you, it's just you know, Cowboys are your team. Uh what rookie are you more impressed with uh so far, Dak or uh Elliot? I mean I don't know how it can be Prescott
1: sees lower draft pick and thrust into a spot where it wasn't expected of him. I mean, Elliot, he was, he's a first-round pick, and everybody knew he was going to be the start running back there. So they both played well, but you have to be even more impressed with Prescott because, I mean, he's a fourth-round draft pick, and he is playing as well as pretty most rookies in the NFL right now. Yeah. Yeah. I I think
2: it just proves the importance of him in those preseason games. Uh, And I know a lot of people kind of frown on the preseason because of all the injuries that we get out of it. But I think Dak Prescott is, you know, the best example of why we have
0: those preseason games. Yeah. Um, not just overall, uh, How do you guys feel about the current rookie QBs, uh, starting QBs this year, um, this young season?
2: Yeah, you know, I I think Carson Wentz is kind of leading that. um, Very impressive. Led the Eagles to a 2-0 start. Uh, Week one, two touchdowns. Uh, This past week, I think he threw for one. But, uh, you know, I think he's made some really good throws. He's smart. Uh, What a lot of people say, you know, he above the shoulders, he's there. Um, You know, anytime a quarterback can have command of the game, have the the football IQ to go out and make the right throw, make the right play, uh, call the right audibles. You know, I think Carson Wentz is he's playing better than I thought he would play for sure. But also to give props to Philly, their defense is playing well, too. Uh, week one, they played Cleveland. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to feast on uh, that Cleveland offense this year. Um, but week two, the Bears, a little bit more of a high-powered type offense, and they shut them down fairly well. So uh, Philly seems to be doing it all right now. Uh, granted, it's only two games, but I think we'll see Carson Wentz continue to grow, and I, I think he's really enjoyable to watch.
1: Yeah, I uh, um... Wentz has been doing great as well which is also surprising since you know, before the season we thought Sam Bradford was still going to be their starting quarterback and he was going to be holding the clipboard.
2: We were thinking Uh, that three weeks ago. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now he's he's stepped up, he's leading the team and it looks like a natural there. Uh, Looks like they, they got it right, picking their quarterback of the future as well. So, I mean, him and, him and Prescott, I think both are impressing and mm-hmm. exceeding expectation.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Now, what do you think about the Vikings' playoff hopes and the AP injury? So, they kiss the season goodbye?
1: I won't go that far yet. All right. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, speaking of Sam Bradford, he actually. Looked pretty solid last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and uh, Stefan Diggs have gotten used to each other, it seems, very quickly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a potent little uh, connection that they have there. If if through committee or through a pickup of Ronnie Hillman, if the Vikings can put together some semblance of a running game just so they're not one-dimensional, they have a very good defense. Yeah. Uh, so I I just think with those tools and the division that they're in, they, they still have a shot at, at at least getting a wild card spot. Yeah,
2: you know, I, I would agree. I think without Teddy Bridgewater, it went from can they win the division to can they make a wild card? And I think you have to say without Adrian Peterson, it turns into are they even going to make the playoffs? I think that's just a fair question to ask here but I think we can all agree they have a top 10 defense and you could argue top five. I think you can make the argument. If if you knew enough about that team, I think you can argue their way into a top five defense. Um, and I know some people that would just flat out put them there anyway. So um, once again, it depends who you talk to. And I think that defense is going to become a strong suit for them. Like you said, Bradford's played well, found that connection with Diggs. He's also found the connection with Kyle Rudolph as well. Two touchdowns in two weeks. So, you know, the running back situation is going to have to play itself out. I know they would like for Jarek McKinnon to be the guy. They drafted him, and I think they drafted him really to kind of step in behind Adrian Peterson when Adrian Peterson were to call it quits. But they also have Matt Asiata, who's a bigger body, and Hillman is not a bigger type back. So, you know, I, I think they would like to see McKinnon take the job. Um, you know, bring in Hillman on passing downs and use Asiata at the goal line. I think that would be the best formula for that running back trio because I think it's going to have to be a trio in order for them to be successful. I don't I don't think one guy is going to be able to just take that over. I think they're going to have to get a role or find their role and learn learn to live on
0: it. All righty. Uh, you guys have anything else to add to that?
1: Uh, well, I feel bad for
0: AP. Yeah. It's
1: rough for him to go down like that. Uh, he's going to be out pretty much this season unless the Vikings can get to the playoffs and make a deep run. But uh, like I was talking to you guys before we started recording, I mean, looking at some of his numbers at the end of last season and then uh, game one of this this season, He's not, he wasn't looking like the same AP already, so kind of wonder if this might be the beginning of the end.
0: Yeah, you know, like I said, I wanted to uh, see him get that uh, M. Smith record, but, um, you know, he's already dealt with ACL, and now he's going to have to deal with this for, um, you know, possibly being out at the end of the season, depending on if... uh, the Vikings can make it to the playoffs and so they can get him in during the uh postseason. But with these injuries and, you know, just looking at kind of the stats at the end of last year. Uh definitely, you know, we could be seeing the uh him start to get down the hill. So uh it's gonna be interesting to see, you know. Wish him a speedy recovery and everything. But uh it's gonna be interesting to see how he's gonna come back from this for sure. Alright, you have anything, sir? No, I believe you guys really have hit it. Alright. Uh, I'm actually about to talk about this RG3 for a little bit. Um, you know, he's had this injury. Uh, I believe he's out for the season. Um, you know, he's coming to, uh, Cleveland, po- possibly just to rejuvenate his career. And he has this injury come up. Uh, how do you think this is going to affect him and his career? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear from him much anymore,
2: to be flat on honest. uh. I mean this, this injury basically bypasses him on that on that roster. I mean I think Josh McCown, granted, got roughed up last week, but I, I think Josh McCown just has kind of proved himself to be a little more solid there in Cleveland. Uh just seems to have a better rapport with that offense, seems to be a little more efficient with that offense than RG three is. Um but I mean, you know, just unfortunate for Uberger from the third, you know, great rookie season uh then the injuries hit him it's it's kind of i don't know he he could he could have been good he could have been good uh just didn't know when to quit running the ball i guess or or when to slide
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you feel bad for him like cause i actually think he was looking decent uh this preseason season in- and and parts of game one, he was showing flashes of, you know, like he, he could be making his way back to being a solid quarterback. Uh, I mean, during the preseason, the, the deep throws he was making to Josh Gordon was, you know, making you start to wonder, like, wow, I want, they could possibly have something here. And then, of course, the injury happens on a play where he was actually seemed like he was trying to do the smart thing and get out of bounds, but yeah. Still got cracked and hurt and and now week two uh looks like the same deal with McCown. He's gonna be out a while too with a shoulder injury, so they're on to their third string back. Uh
0: maybe they should you. have uh Kev Manzel, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> at least
1: the other two show up to game uh, but yeah I mean it puts in question like is he just destined to get hurt whenever he's on the field or will he like it, and is there going to be another chance for him uh, I, I know he's also on the IR designated to return so he could be back by week 9 or 10 or something like that but it's just who knows like what position would that team be in by then? They'll probably be 0 nine or ten,
0: so it's even worth probably it. Probably just shut them down.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, guys, uh you ready for the pickums?
1: No. no.
0: <laughs> All right, just to give a rundown of that. Uh Tyler is in first place with the pickums. Uh he's three for seven, uh, which wow. makes some overall eight for seventeen. Uh, Darnell is one for seven, uh, which makes him overall six for 15, uh, oh, for, Tyler's eight for 15, excuse me. Uh, Darnell is one for seven in the NFL, uh, combined with the totals for the NCAA, he's six, uh, for 15 and me, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm zero for seven, uh, in the NFL picks, which makes me five for 15 overall. So it's about time I start getting some wins this week. Uh, so We're about to see. Uh, Let's fix this little correction I made uh, real quick for Tyler and get right to it. Uh, First game that we have, uh, I got Houston in pass, but let's get Detroit out the way with first. Um, Detroit versus Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay has a minus seven and a half point lead with the spread. Uh, Who do you guys have? Uh,
1: I'm just going to go quickly on this one. I have Green Bay in this one. They're in Green Bay. I know the Lions broke a streak last year. <laughs> uh, but I just I, I think they're not not there yet to be Green Bay. Even though Green Bay hasn't been great themselves, I I just I see Aaron Rodgers getting his groove back against his Detroit defense and him and Jordy Nelson probably have a field day. So I'm gonna go with Green Bay. Uh 31-21. Right.
2: Yeah. I want to pick my Lions, but my mind is telling me something else. <laughs> so we're going to go Pack Go this week. As much as I don't like to say that,
0: uh, I'm going to take the Packers 34-20. to Alright, I am going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I uh, think uh, Rogers is going to have a good game against Detroit. Um, Detroit is Detroit. I think they're going to be same old Lions. So I'm going to go with Green Bay, 31 to 10. I'm still cheering for the Lions, though. All right, man. Just That's so we all, I'm with that. Just so we all Hey,
2: gotta we gotta wear the Barry Sanders jersey
1: this weekend. Yeah, he's not going to be on that field.
2: is <laughs>
0: Maybe if they protected him, he'd still be in the league. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, Up next, uh, we have Houston and New England. Um, I don't – I was looking it it up, and there wasn't a spread uh, for this game so far uh, that I've seen. Um, So, just, yeah, Houston at the Patriots. I have Houston minus one. Oh, minus one. Okay. Yeah, where I'm at uh, doesn't say it. But, okay, uh, guys, make your picks. Oh, uh, you want it? Yeah, I'll start
1: right. I'm, I, I always feel stupid Just trying to use logic When it comes to New England Since they seem to just Have a plug and play offense That always works yeah. But they're starting their third string quarterback Yeah And the other team has J.J. Watt And a reasonably good quarterback Too uh, So I'm going to have to go with Houston here. I'm probably going to look stupid coming. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Houston to take this one uh 17
2: Yeah, I'm going to follow suit here. Uh, I think the Texans just have a little more going for them here, and particularly... What they have going for them is New England is on their third string quarterback and Gronk's a game-time decision and will probably, my guess is he probably won't play. Uh So that's what they have going for them. But in all seriousness, they do have Will Fuller, rookie wide receiver, two 100-yard games. Uh, that's always nice to have. And then Lamar Miller's been a workhorse for them and playing well. So they they really kind of have all facets of their game, offensively moving. And then, like I said, J.J. Watt on defense, that's not a bad thing to have going for you. So uh, I do agree. I think think it'll be decently close. But the only reason I think it's going to be close is because I think New England's going to get some garbage TDs at the end. So I'm going to go with Houston winning...
0: 27 to 17. All righty. Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots in this one. Uh, just think the is going to find a way to win. Um, I just think, you know, especially with that quarterback position, I think, uh, you know, looking back when Brady got injured a while back, uh, Castle stepped in, did his thing uh, with the Brady suspension. Uh, Garoppolo, that's how you say it? yeah yeah uh garoppolo um he's stepped in had a pretty good game um some pretty good games so far before the injury uh with this uh with the third string guys just think you know especially this is a shortened week for them you know thursday night tomorrow uh, i think they just have some pretty simple easy plays around the run uh that could be effective against houston uh, i think this is going to be a close uh good fun game um do uh like uh Texans, uh, D. N. expect them to uh, get to them, cause up, uh, stir some things up for the uh, Patriots. But I just, you know, like I said, I just think Belichick is going to find a way to win. So I think it's going to be a close win. I got the Patriots winning twenty four to twenty uh, for this one. Then up next we have the Jets versus the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs they have a minus three uh, lead for the spread
1: you want to start this with yeah, that? yeah,
2: I could start this one. I really like the Jets offense this year. Decker's proven solid. I think he has a touchdown in some like seven or eight straight games like that's ridiculous. He's their number two uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with brandon marshall though uh hurt his hurt his ankle in the last game, and it, when it happened, it actually looked really serious like I, I thought his season could be over like he went down he looked hurt like he hobbled off and everything like it looked it just looked bad so I know he's currently marked as questionable he he re-entered the game last week so I assume he's gonna play again this week just another weapon for Rank Fitzpatrick, and then Matt Forte's plugged in really well to that offense you know he had three three touchdowns last week and just looked like Matt Forte normally looks so I I on on the other side of the ball I I do like the Chiefs as well you know I do like Alex Smith I think he's a great game manager, uh but I'm gonna go with the J E T S Jets 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 by a score of thirty one to twenty
1: one. I am going with Captain Checkdown Alex Smith and the Chiefs on this one. Uh, this thing just being an arrowhead. Sure. Yep. <laughs> I just think being an arrowhead is gonna give them what they need to go over here. Uh it's pretty I think it's two pretty evenly matched teams, so I think mm-hmm. I'll go with the hostile environment, getting the Chiefs over. Uh might have Jamal Charles first game back, so uh yeah, I'll I'll take the Chiefs to win this one twenty four twenty one.
0: All right. Um I have Kansas City winning this game. I uh, do kind of like what you just said Darnell, uh with two evenly uh matched teams uh one there at home. Think about, you know, Kansas City, they're kind of like a boring team, you know. They don't really have like a lot of like razzle dazzle as some people would say, but they get the job done. So I think uh Alex Smith is going to go up in there. He's going to manage the clock. Uh special teams are going to get good field position and they're going to find a way to Uh, win the game. Uh, so I have Kansas City winning. I think it's gonna be closer, actually. I got them winning 21 to 20 against the Jets. Now, up next, we have Dallas versus Chicago.
1: I go with this one. Uh, I think Dallas should win this one pretty easy. Looks like Cutler's gonna be out. Uh, and Bears just haven't looked good
0: at all. This would be, if they lose, this would be the uh, third rookie quarterback that beat them, right? uh, Yep. Yep. Three rookies in a row. (laughs) Yeah. Rough start. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Tough go at it there. Uh, But yeah, I think that's just going to actually end up happening. Uh, I mean, technically, it wouldn't be what, because Osweiler is a second year. Player, but uh, first year full time starter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But basically, it'll be three brand new starters taking them down. So, I, but I think that's going to be the case. Uh, they're probably going to be in a little bit of disarray trying to figure things out. Uh, and I think Dallas will take hold of that. They're at home. Friendly crowd will be there with them. They will probably make things tough enough for Chicago. So, I got Dallas. They should win this one pretty easy. I'm going to go with Dallas 31-21. All
0: right. Uh, I'll just go. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I do have Dallas winning this one, too. Um you know, with color possibly being out, uh, just think that's going to be bad, uh, for Chicago. Um, Chicago's been kind of looking kind of bad a little bit this, uh, just through the season so far. Some of the games that they uh, just managed to play, uh, with Dak Prescott, I do like how he's been performing. Uh, I think that Elliot, he's getting better too. I just think the Dallas side are going to come together and pull out a W, uh, in their, uh, home field. So I have Dallas winning 24. 24- to 14.
2: This one is going to be my bold prediction. Give me the gunslinger and Brian Hoyer and the Chicago Bears. Alright. I I think he fights Alshon Jeffrey all game long. I mean, now granted, I, I don't and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Dallas fares that well against teams that are good at throwing the ball. Now, granted, they haven't been that great at, Chicago has been that great at throwing the ball this year, but I think I think Hoyer, he just loves to put it up, and I think it's going to pay well for him. They're going to run a lot of deep routes to White and Jeffrey, and I I think they're, they're not going to win this game on their defense. I think they're just going to outscore Dallas this week. So I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears with a score of
0: 28-21. All right, you're number one in our picks, man. So I can afford loss.
1: Couldn't have been a party.
2: Hey, let me, let me, let me put it this way: Tran has picked against me a few times today. He will remain winless. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, man. Oh, I'm surprised boy. he's not. All right, you guys go first. I'll just pick whoever you pick. Yeah. I'm
1: trying you to got be fair. On the board
0: this week, Trey. Gotta get on board. I got to, man. For he'll, sure. he'll get one. I'm sure he'll get one this week. Yeah. Last but not least, we have Atlanta at New Orleans. New Orleans, they have a minus three, um, lead for the spread. Talk mm-hmm. about a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a good about one. a shootout. Why Who don't wants to start this zone, Trey. Yeah. Go Trey. Me, I have, uh, Matt Ryan and uh, oh. and the Falcons winning this one. Um, just think, I just I think Julio is just gonna have a huge uh, game in this one. He's gonna help them uh, win it. But yeah, I do have this being a shootout. Uh, just a good game. Uh, you know, never count Drew Brees out to do it a beast. I just think that uh, Matt Ryan and uh, his offense they're gonna perform a little bit better to put some points on the board. So I have. Excuse me. I have uh, Atlanta Falcons winning thirty-five to twenty-eight. Give me Matt Ryan
2: under the bright lights at home, or not Matt Ryan. Give me Drew Brees at home, prime time, bright lights. I'll take him every time in that scenario. So, I once again think it's going to be a shootout. I think Cooks and Snead both get a touchdown, if not two. It's just going to be really high scoring. This this might be one of the most fun Monday night games all year. Yeah, uh, just just based on the fact it's 100 percent high octane passing offense. Um, I I think just like Tran said, it's going to be really high scoring. I think both teams get in the 30s. It's just I I think it's going to be whichever defense can come up with a key stop in the fourth quarter in the game. Um, as much as I want to say it's going to be an offensive game, I think whoever wins, it's going to be that one defensive stop. So I'm gonna go with the Saints winning, winning a tight one. Uh, I'm gonna go thirty-four
1: to thirty. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints too on this one. Uh, this is gonna be basically video game football. We're gonna have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> touchdowns flying back and forth. Probably uh, we'll might get like eight hundred yards of total offense between the teams. Uh um, oh, we
2: might get more than that.
1: Yeah. Might might hit hit that G spot. Uh, uh but yeah, I'm gonna go with Breeze and Company uh, in a high scoring affair, uh in the Mercedes Superdome or whatever they call it now. It's the Mercedes Superdome. Yes. Mercedes. Mercedes Superdome. Yeah, so right. uh so yeah, I go with the Saints thirty eight, thirty
0: five. Yeah, we all agree it's going to be a high scoring game, man. So it's, this is going to be one to watch. Uh, definitely, it's, if you, if you love offense, I think this is going to be the game to watch this week. Yeah, and this game's a fantasy football owner's dream. <laughs> True. Yep.
2: Like, I, this week, I picked up, for, for fantasy football, I picked up Matt Ryan and I'm starting, I'm starting Tevin Coleman over, uh, Vontae Freeman, though. So I think he Coleman's seems to be kinda,
1: trying to take over. That's yeah, right. so.
2: I I almost toyed with the idea of starting both of them, but no, no. <laughs> that's why that's why it that works out. That's why you don't play fantasy football. <laughs> right there, but but yes, the, if if anybody who listens plays fantasy football and you have somebody playing in this game, start them. Yeah. Just start them.
0: Alright guys, uh do you have anything to add to the show overall? Uh any final statements? Uh you know, NFL, NCAA, whatever. Uh any other statements you guys like that? No.
1: I don't think we all got it.
0: Alright, as always, guys, appreciate you all for tuning in to the show. Uh you can check us out on SoundCloud, YouTube, um, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, podcast dot com, Google Play, uh just Hit us up in your search bar. Uh, You should check us out. Uh, We'll be popping up. Um, Other than that, yeah, just check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. And that's it. We'll catch you all next week. Take care. Peace.